recorded live. Good morning. Good morning. This is Michelle. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, how are you? How is everybody? I am good. Is it Cheryl? Good. It is. It is. How are you? Are yeah. you still in Canada? I am still in Canada. Yes, I am. Yay. All right. So let's see. We are talking about Chapter 3 is Opportunity Monopolized and Chapter 4, The First Principle in the Science of Getting Rich. Yay. Love it. Hmm. How was your week? My week was um, rather different, uh, challenging, to say the least. And um, let's see, how was my week? It ended great, I will say that. Um, it was, as overall, it was a good week. It was very productive. Um but emotionally challenging. So, um, other than that, it was good. How about you? Have a good week? Good. It was a good week. Yeah, yeah, it was a good week. I saw your, um, no. Pardon? I saw your collage. That was nice. Yeah. Okay. I'm just getting us um, just getting us set up here. Okay. You have to like go off into a little office up there while you're doing this. I mean, the office at your place of employment. Say again. You have to go off into a an office to do this? Are you you're working right now, right? I am, yeah, I am. I I worked it out with them that I would um be able to do this on Monday morning. So um yeah. So we, uh yeah. The challenge is just I don't I actually sit out in the middle of of the kind of like the receipt the lobby-ish area like they have a big open area where the front desk is where reception is and so my desk is just kind of out in the middle of reception next to the copier and a bunch of other things so it's hard to find a quiet place to do this so I usually go into the conference room and like this morning the conference room was there was people in it and people milling about so uh, and there isn't any specific office I can go into that I can go into it for maybe five, ten minutes, but that's about it. And people need their offices, so. Gotcha. Yeah. So, anyways, all right. Well, I think it's me and you, and I'm going to guess Amanda and Ellen. Am I right? Girls? Hello. It's Ellen. Hello. How are you? Hi, Ellen. How are you? Good. And 
Amanda, is that you too? Yeah, I'm here. I just have to be quiet today because I have house guests and their babies having trouble sleeping. So I'm going to be a listener today. (laughs) All right, then. Well, I had fun going back and reading these chapters again. Ellen, did you want to do any kind of a check-in? No, let's just go right in with what you were going to do, and I'll catch up later. Okay. All right. I'm good. I'm good. That's what I'll say. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Oh, I like to hear that. Mm. Well, I'm going to jump into the first thing that I have highlighted in my in my book for the uh, chapter three is opportunity monopolized is there is abundance of opportunity for the man who will go with the tide instead of trying to swim against it. Yeah. <laughs> There's a thought. <laughs> As a lifetime swimmer against the tide. <laughs> that was a, that was a, well, the first time I read this book, that one kind of made me chuckle at myself and still does. It still does. It makes things easier. Yeah, it does. It does, and how I read this is, you know, going with the tide is thinking in a certain way, and then, you know, also with, um, you know, aligning ourselves with where the doors are opening instead of trying to, um, instead of always trying to fight, you know, instead of trying to fight to get a door open that doesn't want to be open, or fight to stay behind a door that, you know, basically is trying to kick us out, (laughs) sounds terrible when I say it like that but you know for me it's saying okay I have this picture in my head and what's what the doors that are opening right now are this or this or this and so go with that and even if it's not exactly the picture that I have in my mind so um yeah so I love this part about for the man, I and when it you know it uses the pronoun man in here, but I just read it as person. I don't. I, I hear the man part is generic, so I hope nobody is offended when I just continue on with the words that they use because I don't. I don't take it to mean anything other than person. So, um, yeah, that part, you know, that part always gets me, and that the working class may become the master class whenever they will begin to do things in a certain way. Mm. The law of wealth is the same for them as it is for all others. This they must learn and they and they will remain they will remain where they are as long as they continue to do as they do. The individual worker, however, is not held down by the ignorance of the mental or the mental slothfulness of his class. He can follow the tide of opportunity to riches, and this book will tell him how. I love that section. I love that it tells us that it really doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. It really doesn't matter what's going on with any anybody else around us, that we can 
we can do our thing regardless of the, goes back to the part that I always love, you know, the truth regardless of appearances. So it's probably no mistake that this part sticks out to me. Oh, and I'm trying to find it in my book and I can't find it. Will you re- tell me the first couple words of that again? Um, yeah, so I am reading on, in my book, it's the second page. Uh-huh. And um, I'm not sure which part, but there, there, um, where it says there is abundance of opportunity for the man who will go with the tide instead of trying to swim against it. Oh, I, so like that, I thought you read a that, different quote. I did. And then I read, and then I read like two paragraphs down from that. The working class may become the master class. There we go. Whenever they will begin to do things in a certain way. The law of wealth is the same for them as it is for all others. That's it for me right there that, you know, opportunity is not monopolized by the few or the special or the overly talented or if I'm willing to go with the flow, which for me is the connection with God and the flow of the divine. And then like two more paragraphs down, it says the visible supply is practically inexhaustible and the invisible supply really is inexhaustible. So there isn't any limit. It's always always going to be reproducing, for lack of a better word. Can always make more. There used to be a Doritos commercial way, way back, and it used to say, crunch all you want, we'll make more. <laughs> That's cute. And when I was married to my first husband was when that commercial was out, and we had started a little medical device company and had grown it together, and it became pretty successful. And I had a hard time spending the money, like, we had money coming in, but I, you know, I wanted us to like be conservative and have a plan and do all that stuff. And I remember one day he looked at me and he goes, just spend all you want. We'll make more. (laughs) And that became his mantra for me to try and get me to enjoy the money. Cause I was, you know, cause I was, I wanted to be conservative and wanted to grow the business and, you know, I wanted to have some discipline about it. And he was, uh, he was very good that way. He was very generous of spirit that way. And I appreciate that quality that he has. So I think about that when I read this section. The, invis- the invisible supply really is inexhaustible. So, yeah. <laughs> so, cr- so crunch all you want. <laughs> They'll make more. I love that. It's got to be cute to put on a vision board. (laughs) It would. (laughs) It would. Maybe I'll type that out. Mm. Does anybody else want to throw out any parts that were especially either 
supportive or helpful or inspiring or challenging or I have just like two sentences down. I, the next thing that I have highlighted is new forms are constantly being made and the older ones are dissolving, but all shapes assumed by one thing. All, but all are shapes assumed by one thing. I like, the, I like the visual of that, that whatever it is that we've used that's outlived its usefulness, it's just dissolving. And new things are cropping up out of it. I kind of think of it like the, you know, like farming. We have plants, and then they harvest, and then rototill or whatever it is that they do, and whatever's left that wasn't a part of the actual harvest gets turned back into the land. Mm. New growth. So I'm, I kind of think about that with formless substance. That's how I'm interpreting that. except on the energetic plane. Maybe it's in the dirt, too. I don't know. Those ideas, uh, they they have given me a different way of looking at the world just as I'm, you know, out in it, out in the world, Uh especially um, I live on a piece of property that's pretty natural, and um, I'll go for walks, and that, that thought comes into my mind. It's an interesting thing to ponder that um, specifically going back to the the point of uh, crunch all you want, we'll make more. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think um, it's just it's interesting because I, I guess I grew up thinking of, uh, you know, Earth's resources as being finite. Um, and, you know, we are in a stage of um, work conservation is really a big deal, but it's kind of a nice shift to, you know, to, to shift to a more, um, you know, to look at things that there really is an abundance of things um, rather than thinking, oh, it's all going to disappear in five seconds. We're not careful, you know. But that really is a poverty mindset. I mean, it's I I personally believe in global warming, but uh, it is it's it's a nice way to relax my mind about things. Like the Earth is not going to disappear tomorrow, probably, and it's just a nice. Uh, it really does help my outlook, you know, on a day to day basis to think. Um, just to think about how things regenerate rather than to be constantly focused on, um, oh, I don't know, you know those video clips of the ice caps melting and the polar bear Mm -hmm. and all of that. I mean, which I think it's important for us to have a consciousness about, obviously, but 
but it just I for me it had seeped into all of my consciousness. And uh, so it's 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 very refreshing and I think it uh for me and my business it's um it helps a lot to have a, a more expansive view. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's that's part of what I really love about this this science that they talk about in this book is it doesn't mean that we are going around frivolous. And I agree, it's important to be mindful of our impact on those around us and um and how how the actions we take have an effect. And then also to understand that formless can make anything out of anything. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the formless can make anything out of anything. And, you know, I did not grow up in, and um, I did not grow up in conventional church. Um, I went to Catholic school and high school primarily because of the educational part of it. Um, but there was a, there's a part about, um, you know, kind of like the crucifixion and the resurrection. And and I always have thought to myself that I feel like we focus on, I feel like we focus on the impoverished part of that, you know, that I feel like we're, we're, we focus on, on just the dissolving part. You know, Jesus went away. And to me, if that story, whether that story is a metaphor or not, you know, God so loved his son that he was reborn, like he came back to life. He overcame even his own death based on God's love and based on his own pure love, right? So there was this purity of love, loving energy, being in the flow with each other that was so beautiful that it overcame all of it. And so for me, that's the that's the reproduction part of it. That's the expansive part of it. That's the prosperous, abundant part of it. Is, you know, I mean, even from a theological standpoint, I do think that a lot of things that happen out in the world, I agree with you, Alan. I think a lot of stuff that happens out in the world can be a real poverty mindset. And, you know, at the end of the day, even our spiritual texts, it just kind of depends on what we focus on. And I don't think it can get more expansive than you know, coming back, you know, having such a pure love and being loved so purely that you can overcome even your own death. Like that's, I don't know if it gets much more prosperous than that. So I like, I like that kind of love. Whoa. That's a really interesting perspective. Sometimes we talk about things that are, they just sit, you know, our conversation will sit with me, you know, and I, it just it unfolds in the hours after our call. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like that, that, what you were just talking about. That's, uh, wow. I'll just say wow. Yeah, and it's not for everyone. It's just what I think of. When I think of that yeah. story. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't grow up in all the conventional parts of it, so I just 
look at it almost from the outside in. I had to restart my computer to get access to the book. Yeah, I'm having to do that. <laughs> I guess it's that kind of a morning. I just had to restart my computer too. So yeah, I'm not I, sure. I had highlighted some things, and then uh, every time I yeah anyway. So that's why I'm I'm being a little quiet because I I don't have my notes. <laughs> that is okay. That is okay. Yes, I'm going on to, I'm going to read one more section and then you can pop in as soon as you get your stuff up, Ellen. Um, There's a section here that says, nature is an inexhaustible storehouse of riches. The supply will never run short. Original substance is alive with creative energy and is constantly producing more forms. When the supply of building material is exhausted, more will be produced. When the soil is exhausted so that foodstuffs and materials for clothing will no longer grow upon it, it will be renewed or more soil will be made. When all the gold and silver has been dug from the earth, if man is still in such a stage of social development that he needs gold and silver, more will be produced from the formless. The formless stuff responds to the needs of man. It will not let him be without any good thing. I love that idea, but doesn't that just make you have so many questions? I mean, um, not really. So say more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, and this is where my mind struggles with the, the concept is, you know, these, um, you know, again, uh, uh, you know, videos on TV of deforestation in South America. And so I, I, my brain is like a comedy act. I'm always cracking, you know, always cracking jokes. So I read this and I'm like, okay, so what are we going to be on Mars and discover more gold? Like what, like how does, I, I guess I have a hard time getting my head around that. I mean, the earth is finite. So how, how are we going to discover more gold? Or The way that I resolved this in my mind was that he is being, um, no, 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 no. Let me rephrase this, that what I think this says is that we have enough gold to last us until we don't need to use gold anymore and we'll we'll use something else. Something else will replace the gold standard. Because if I, I look at it with my rational mind, I mean, the earth is going to run out of gold. It's just, it's going to. But that, that's just, and my thinking may be wrong. I just want to, I mean, and I don't mean to be a naysayer. I'm just saying it's, a, it's like a mental hurdle I have a hard time getting over. Help me over. <laughs> I don't, no, I totally get it. I totally get it. <laughs> And I think it's and I think it's some of both of what you said, right? It's some of that um, 
it's it's some of that it seems in the finite world like it's finite and i think what it, this is saying here is that it will be more will be produced if it's needed and so that that's how i read that's exactly how i read it is that if we need more it'll be produced and if we don't some other thing will come in its place so that's the other side of it for me is i read is that if that's the thing we need more will be produced And if something else can replace it, because maybe something else better could replace it. And if it could, then that would happen. That's actually how I'm reading it. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I, I, I totally get it. I totally get what I, you're saying. I think that my mental object, my, uh, my quote unquote rational thoughts, my, you know, my, my, what I just expressed is exactly the thing he's trying to train us out of. He's, he's, I think he's, mm-hmm. did, did that make sense? Yeah. I think it's you just exactly answered your own question. Yeah. That's the, like, <laughs> I just, I mean, basically the answer is just don't think that way. <laughs> <laughs> just don't think that way. And it's so simple, but it's, because the more I think of abundance, the more I find abundance. Mm-hmm. The more I identify with lack, the more I find lack in my life. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and I think that it more can be produced. So that's the other part of it for for me is that I actually think that it I think that I actually think that more is being reproduced. People people look for things someplace and it seems like it's not there and then they go back and they look for it and then it's there. Well how come it wasn't there the last time I looked? I swear to God I looked there. (laughs) You know what I mean? I do, it's so true. So true. I wonder if it doesn't happen like that. <laughs> I mean, I realize I'm being a little bit, you no, know, right. funny, no. funny about it, but I yeah, that's happened to me. Well, no, that's and it's exact. It's every human being's experience. So it's. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we didn't look over here because we didn't think blah blah blah, and then they find like the miners go and they find the whole pocket of gold. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or I mean, it's also true that our earth is alive. And so who's who's not to say that the you know, the forces that create gold um beneath the surface um could be creating more gold, you know, as we speak. Mhm. Mhm. However, it's growing down there. Yeah, which makes me, that's something to Google later. <laughs> form. Yes, you gem gal, you. <laughs> yeah, and I know that, you know, there, there was 
there certainly have been times when I would have read this, this part, this would have been objectionable to me. <laughs> there have been times throughout my life, this would have, this section we're talking about right now would have been totally objectionable to me. I would have meant no way, no way. And so I guess maybe that's also the fun part about doing this is I can, I get, there's like a benchmark or litmus test of, oh, huh, interesting. Like, I don't have to fight about that particular thing anymore. Mm. So it's like, okay, that's, that's a step. You know, it's a little step, little step, little step. So I was listening to, I heard, went to a place where a bunch of my friends go yesterday and, uh, and they were talking about, you know, ceasing fighting anyone or anything, including ourselves, you know, that we can just get out of the, you know, just get out of the arena of having to fight with ourselves. And, you know, it's not like I haven't heard that before, but thinking about that in the context of what we're just now reading, that's an interesting thought. So, yeah, because, you know, I mean, if we think about evolution over time and things that used to, used to be that weren't and things that had usefulness that, you know, don't have as much utility anymore. So, you know, innovations, new innovations, overtake old innovations. And kind of like later, later in the, in the later chapters, how it talks about, um, um, that, you know, to be grateful for the, for the Pudocrats because at the end of the day, they've been useful that they, they have actually elevated society, right? And politicians, we need them to a certain extent so we don't have anarchy. I mean, you know, hopefully that will evolve over time too, but um, there is still a purpose that gets served. There is still a purpose that gets served. And sometimes for me, honestly, I feel like it's contrast. <laughs> it's showing me the contrasting thing. So I can see a bunch of things that are out there and just go, oh, yeah, you know what? I want to think a different way. Like whatever that is, I'm not going to fight it. But, I'm, it, you know, it causes me to turn towards something else. So, you know. Oh, that's beautiful. It causes me to turn towards something because of the contrast of what that is over there that I would like to not participate in. So I kind of think of it as a turning towards something instead of turning away from something. Did you find your notes? Did you find your highlights, Ellen? I did. I restart. Yeah, I restarted. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything you want to throw out there? Well, just a, I don't think you read this sentence. It's close to what you were reading, but um, and this is not this is not like a wow. This is more of a question again. Um, it's uh, in my book. It's on page ten. And it says, the formless stuff is intelligent. It is stuff which thinks. Did you read this already? I did not. It is alive, and it is always impelled toward more life. 
which is um, it's a little mind-blowing to me. But again, as I go about my life, uh, it, it feels, um, what, you know, what it has done for me is it's taken pressure off of me to feel like, it's like that saying, um, what is that saying, the universe is conspiring with you? Mm-hmm. And I, so I, it, I don't know how to explain it other than, like, there's this whole field of energy of uh, what, what he calls formless stuff. And to, I can think that it's, it's alive. It's not like me. My life is not like me trying to push a boulder up the hill. Mm-hmm. It's more, um, and I, I don't have a, a an exact uh, picture to replace that with, but I, I, I like if I think in a certain way, then everything around me is working with me. You know, as long as my, I, but here's here's the trick. I think that, that you know my goals have to be, uh, you know, for the greater good. Mm-hmm. In order for things to conspire to help me, um, but it, it really opens up a whole new, and a whole new source of energy for me personally. Instead, instead again, of thinking of like I'm pushing this boulder up the hill and I got to get all this stuff done, to just you know let that picture fade into the background. And be present in the moment and realize that I'm thinking in a certain way. If I draw in the what I call the, the universal energy or universal source, that it works with me and through me. And that it's, it, it's not inert. I think that, you know, I never really, I always kind of thought of it as inert because, which is silly, but because I... I didn't understand it, but reading this book helps me to, kind of forces me to understand it better. And it is, it's stuff which thinks. It's got a power of its own, you know. Um, It's helping to move things forward. It is stuff which thinks. It is alive and it's always impelled toward more life. Fun to me, isn't that fun? It's like the universe is a playmate. It's like mm-hmm. it's there, it's by my side, it's helping me. That really stood out. Yeah, I have that. I have that part highlighted too. I have the exact same part. Yep. Oh, here's here's a couple sentences down. The universe of forms has been made by formless living substance. All that's all um, in capitals. Well, initial cap, formless living substance, throwing itself into form in order to express itself more fully. Oh, that that's that's just exciting to me. Throwing itself into form. 
love that. That makes me think of myself and my life like a like a ceramic artist at a you know at a potter wheel potter's wheel you know. So here I am living my life and formless living substances all around me, and I can you know take my hands and form it into uh, you know I can collaborate with it. I like that visual a lot. That's really good. Yeah. It's it's got a mind of its own, you know. But I can like put my hands around it, put my arms around it and and help it form into a shape. So it's really it's really a a, a process of co-creating which I know we've all heard that term before, but. Mm-hmm. This, the description, the descriptions in this book help me get to that thing, yeah. that phrase, you know, because I've heard it before, but I didn't have a picture in my mind of how that would work. Like I've heard the phrase, but I, I didn't have a picture in my mind of like, how could I harness it, so to speak? Mm-hmm. And I feel like this, you know, the 17 chapters in this give me that that vision or that ability or the template, the system to know how to do that. Oh, I just heard a kitty. (laughs) Is that yours? (laughs) No. Oh, I didn't open the door for him. He likes to look out the screen door. He's back there going, open the door. Mm. That's cute. (laughs) I'm trying to see. I don't know who else is still on the conference call. Let me look and see here. See if either of you other two want to chime in. I'm actually enjoying listening to you guys. Um, I did not read Chapter 4. I thought we were just supposed to read Chapter 3. I read it incorrectly. And, it, it you know, for me, the Chapter and 3, you guys already hit. Cheryl, you started off with the part. And I read it on my phone, so I don't take notes, and I probably should as I'm, you know, reading. I probably should take notes because there are things that pop up for me. But it really was about the, um, you, you hit it on the head, and what, this chapter does to my to my brain really is opens it up because I, I think of like when we you were talking about gold and silver or diamonds, I don't know what it was, you know, that we will eventually deplete. I think I always think of um man made gems like okay, so maybe they were becoming obsolete or they were becoming too expensive, so people started to create Kubrick zirconia and man-made sapphires and, you know, and I think that's kind of where this comes from, this mentality is um, is that creative part of it is people come up with these other ways to emulate and and make it similar but different or better or 
or available. I don't know. That's where my brain goes. And it just makes me, when I see people become successful in my brain, I think, well, shit, if they could do it, I could do it. Um, But what happens to me is I don't have that focused goal. My mind is all over the place. Like, you know, if they can do that, then I can do that. But I don't pick something that I can do. I just have that mentality, but the focus for me is not, um, it's not precise. So that's, that's what's, what's happening in my brain as I'm listening to you guys and as I read, um, Cheryl, that your, your, your collage, your focused um, collage for me, I used to do those things and I'm like, why don't I do those anymore? Um, because everything on my storyboard or my, you know, my wish board um, came to fruition. Um, And they were, you know, tiny little things. Like I wanted a pair of cowboy boots. I just never, I don't know. I had all these, like, little things on there um, that became real. So... I don't know, it's just a refresher for me to to um, to refocus. And it's interesting because I always did that at the beginning of the year, usually in January or February, or on New Year's Eve, I'd invite girlfriends over and we'll do our storyboards or wish boards. Um, and Cheryl, when I got yours, I thought, well, why the hell do I have to wait for the beginning of the year? I don't have to wait. I can do that now. So just all of these little reminders for me. Um, that's that's what today's conversation is doing for me. It's just, okay, Michelle, refocus. I've got my mind focused on something totally different right now that is eating me up. But um, it's, and it's usually about other people, so I have to, have to refocus on what it is that I want for me. That's what this whole conversation is doing for me. As I'm listening, um, I'm being reminded of these things. So that's how I kind of my check-in and how it, how the first or chapter three, um, what happened for me when I read chapter three is it's infinite. I mean, the the, the possibilities are are infinite. That's my check-in. Thanks, Shell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the stand focus is that's entirely why I've wanted this group. <laughs> right. It's been, you know, as I've said it almost every week, you know, it's why I have wanted to continue on with this group selfishly. It helps me and the good thing is I feel like us doing it together is a part of the principles of this book right so we're doing it together and we're wanting to see growth for all right so I'm gonna I think there's also something really profound in the part about um along the lines of growth and action already established. It makes me think um, I have, you know, there's something that happens with my my authors where it's like they notice 
that they get tired of something and they want to abandon it and go do this new thing. But because they know their story, I can see how that new thing is connected to the old thing. Um, I just I think it's fascinating that part of part of our rebirth process, you know, into something new, always feels like such a departure <laughs> from the old thing. But um, in my world, it always seems to come back to the same the same lines all the way down to like I was laughing the other day because I was thinking. Um, we we found a Footloose, which was my favorite favorite movie when I was a kid. And I told my husband, when I do this new course, I'm gonna one of the things that I'm gonna have people do is look back at like their favorite childhood stories, movies, because it was like there's the seed of their past in there, like. Even then, when we're totally, like, unconscious and just completely present in life, you know, um, like, it feels like the divine conspiracy that you're talking about earlier, you know, like, there's this, there's this setting up, like, of course I am who I am today, you know, I mean, that started when I was four, and I watched the, the guy who didn't fit in walk into a town and bring life back to it, like, after having to deal with, you know what I mean? Like, is this a funny thing? So along the lines of growth already established, I think is there's some magic in there for me right now, especially as I'm getting ready to relaunch my my work into the world because we do have this, like, and I actually have some really good friends and clients who are, like, pushing at me to launch the quote-unquote new Amanda, like, don't put that old Amanda stuff in there. Put the new Amanda stuff. And I'm like, it's the same. (laughs) I don't know. This is funny. So there's something in there this week, at least for me, by part of, I guess, part of the whole, like, don't go upstream, right? So that's the growth lines that are already established. Hello. Uh-huh. Why would I start something new? I have this great container over here of stuff that I still love to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the springboard, right? It's the, mm-hmm. it's the springboard. And it's like when you were saying that you wanted to, you know, have a business that did this and this and this and this, but you didn't see how it could all work together. Why would you not make a business that you could do all of that through? Like, wouldn't Mm -hmm. that be like fully activated Cheryl, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's figure that part out. How do we do all of it? Uh Instead of the scarcity thing of having to pick and choose, right? Like, doesn't Uh it come from scarcity that, there's not enough of the market or there's not enough energy for me to put this all together or whatever the mm. scarcity conversation is. Yeah. It, it was the scarcity conversation was, you know, how do you market that? Mm. Well, who the heck knows? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I guess when I get to that part, I'll know. 
Exactly. I'll be notified. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Notification will come. So. Okay, if you guys... Okay, I have to tell you a funny story because it it goes in alignment with just like uh, what we're just talking about, you know, just go with the flow. Go with the flow. Just go with what you can do. So, you know, I'm working at this this company right now. And like I said, I sit out like in the middle of the reception area, so I don't have a private desk. So I normally go into the conference room to when we do these calls. But sometimes people need the conference room. Sometimes they're not done in the conference room yet. So I'm like wandering aimlessly around trying to find a spot. So, because um, I'm trying to go someplace where it's quiet, so I don't have a bunch of background noise. And so I'm sitting in the conference room. One person comes in, two person comes in, and everybody's going, no, 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 you can stay there, you can stay there. But the, everybody's coming into the conference room and they're talking. <laughs> in the conference room this morning while I'm trying to talk to you all. So I'm just going, so I just flowed right on out of the conference room. And I had this idea once before that I could go into the office supply cabinet cut closet because nobody ever comes in here really. And it, you can close the door and it's kind of quiet in here. So I'm looking at all of the IT wiring and all of the, <laughs> all of their office supplies and, so my new world headquarters for our calls, <laughs> it's literally the office supply closet because <laughs> it's quiet in here. <laughs> because I'm doing what I can where I am with what I have. I'm pretty sure the book says that. Do all that you can do <laughs> where you are. <laughs> In the life you're currently living. <laughs> I'm going to send you all a picture. <laughs> That's funny. That is very funny. Well, did you, did you mention the, the irony of it being the supply closet? <laughs> I did not, but that's really good. <laughs> right? Look around you. Yeah. There is an endless supply. <laughs> and I will tell you what, there is an endless supply of wiring and cabling to send information out around this building. So, you know, in my mind, I'm just sitting here bringing all of the energy that we have onto this call into all of the internet cables and all of the wiring and everything that's going to now get shot out all across the building. So that's my view. <laughs> right, wrong, or indifferent. It's my delusion and I'm sticking to it. So I had this thought this time. I'm going to to go on to the chapter four, the first principle in the science of getting rich, unless somebody um, has something else on three they want to talk about. And I'm actually, where is the sentence? Um, 
Yeah, it was kind of what, it's, it's what Amanda was just referring to, that every thought of form held in thinking substance causes the creation of the form, but always, or at least generally, along lines of growth and action already established. And so we create things by thinking about it. But it says that, and if there are no existing channels through which the creative energy could work, then the house would be formed directly from primal substance without waiting for the slow processes of the organic and inorganic world. And there's somewhere else in here, I wish I could find it right now, I don't know where it is, where it talks about that we basically have created most everything from manual labor because we've never thought about creating directly from the formless, just through our thought. So I start playing around with that idea of to be able to create directly from the formless with our thoughts. Like that's like, now we're into Star Trek where we're transporting ourselves through thought and all that stuff, which is pretty cool. And the other part of reading this chapter about, you know, we, we form a thought and then it comes to being along, you know, lines of creation. Well, we have to have the thought first, right? Every single innovation that has ever happened in the world, it started with somebody having an idea. Somebody has an idea and then, you know, and it may be that several somebodies have the same idea at the same time. And I, I wondered about this, Amanda, if you've seen this, because I've seen this. There have been some some books that I had thought that I had thought about. Oh yeah. And like, huh, you know what it'd be really cool to, you know, write a book on this topic. And then maybe a year or two, five years later I'm at the bookstore and the very title of the book that I had been thinking about was there on the shelf. And so the thought came Someone else grabbed I, onto it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so part about it. That have you seen that? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, part of it is I've thought, okay, well, it's just me joining my thought with the other person who's doing it because I wasn't invested enough to actually write that book, right? But somebody was. <clears throat> and so or did I have enough? Coming to you. Yeah. Right? Like if we're all connected, we're all made of the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> And so creating the energy around, yeah, that's a good idea. That would be a good book, you know, to create a bigger piece of energy around it to to support the development of the thing happening, whether it's me or someone else is irrelevant. It's just the acknowledgement of, yeah, that's a great idea. And, you know, that that energy shooting back at the person who actually was destined to write the book. So I was just I was thinking about that not just with with books but you know you hear about stuff like that where people you know patent infringement right if you think about it in the negative like different people come up with the same idea to patent the same product around yeah. the same time you know product that never existed before and now suddenly you've got people in different parts of the world or country that are developing the same product and it comes to fruition at almost the same time so I was thinking about that with this, this chapter this time. I was thinking about it a little bit more esoterically this time around when I was reading it. Yeah. 
Yeah, actually, that just happened with me, too. I um, I have this e-course that I want to build um, that's all about, like, helping people to, like, the, the goal would be to help people rewrite their stories, but um, just the way that I want to, like, bring all of my ability to do writing and story and merge it with my passion for story and through, like, all forms of media. Like I said, this whole thing about the footloose, right? Like, I think that's just hilarious to, like, look back at your life and look at those those moments where, I mean, you can make up whatever story you want to about what's happening behind the scenes to get me to watch this movie or listen to this song or I have a question about, you know, how, like, what am I supposed to do next? And I sit in meditation and nothing happens. But then my son comes home from school and he's like, hey, mom, my friend told me about this show that he said we would really like. And we turn on the damn show and it has the answer to my question. And, like, you know, getting, helping people to begin to live in that world, in this world where it is all working for our good, we're just not paying attention. And so... Pay attention. And um, I have this whole idea about story. And then uh, last week or two weeks ago, I see um, Glennon Melton Doyle and Brene Brown just launched um, an e-course called The Wisdom of Story. And I'm like, you know, it's funny because I sent it to a girlfriend and she was like, and how does that make you feel? And I was like, awesome. They're doing like the same thing. Like it's, it, to me, it's like validation now. Like, the world is ready for this. It's calling it in. You know, we're we're calling in this level of um, work that I want to help facilitate. And um, so then it becomes like, what is the unique stamp that I have to put on it? You know. But anyways, I just wanted to share because you said that. I was like, yeah, that just happened this week. <laughs> yeah, and I and I could have gotten all in my head, and before I would have like oh, they're going to take that market, Brene Brown, like who can compete with that brand, right? But I'm just like, whatever. It's not even part of my conversation. And mm-hmm. if it is, it's fleeting now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I actually want to get to the point where I'm like, I want to collaborate with them. Like I want to do this, this e-course and then I want to contact them and be like, hey, do you think this would help your people? Like a next level or a, you know, that could be fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all they're going to do is expand market. Mm-hmm. And, and like, do preliminary work, right? Like, yeah, they're, they're, they, they, they're going <laughs> to expand market, yeah. They're doing the hard, the hard work, the, um, you know, getting people hungry for that stuff that I don't need to do all that. Work. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, they're spending the money to create the market that you're going to be able to step into. <laughs> That's a cool new way of looking at it instead of me being incapacitated by the feeling of scarcity that I can't, I can't do what, the work that I want to do, give what I want to give into the world because it's already been done. Totally different way of looking at things. Yeah, just think of all the money they're saving you. (laughs) (laughs) 
to invest in other things. <laughs> you write them a thank you note when it's all done. Exactly. Exactly. When you get big players like that, all they do is expand market. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have a checkbook that's different that can expand market share. It's not about fighting over market share, which is competitive. It's it's market expansion, which is cooperative. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of fun because my friend was like, oh, really? You're not going to have meltdown over this? I was like, no. This is awesome because before she knew, I would have had a meltdown over it. It's because <laughs> I didn't take action and I totally failed all the people that were waiting for me. No. <laughs> Mm-hmm. What does the book say? When we have an idea, it sets into it sets into motion every man, woman, and child to bring to us and to deliver to us the thing that we created in our mind. So, I guess they're delivering it to you, Amanda. Let us know how that goes. <laughs> I know, right? I will. I can't wait to see how it goes. Me too. I know. I'm just going to be watching. It's exciting. I love it. That's what I mean. I, I, you know, you have the idea. They have an idea. It's expanding market. And your, your people are going to get delivered to you, I believe, partly because they are doing what they're doing. Because mm-hmm. there are going to be people that want higher intimacy, higher touch, right? There are going to yep. be people that, like me, who sent you the text I sent you this weekend. Okay, I've gotten this far, and I've spent a lot of time, you know, you coaching me, and spent a lot of time sitting in my room by myself working on this stuff, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if you think about remember the, the all those post-it notes of all of the exercises, I mean, if you just think about, like, all of the writing and all of the prepping that I've done, and, you know, I'm at, like, the one-yard line to score the touchdown, and I just have to have somebody else help me carry it over the, you know, mm-hmm. over the goal line because I'm not whatever it is. I need to I need to cooperate and collaborate with somebody else, and that is my best method when it gets to a certain point. And so, trying to have it in my way is not being in the flow. Yeah. You know, trying to just figure it out on my own and do it, and that's I'm not being in the flow when I'm doing that. I'm swimming upstream. So you're getting yeah. really organized with all of your files, but pardon. You so said you're getting everything really organized with all your other files, right? Oh, shh. yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all mm-hmm. my paperwork and all my accounting is very organized. Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I I just when I was reading this chapter through this time, I was just thinking. I was really thinking about it in terms of like innovation in general, you know, as a population of the world and how innovation comes to be. And that was, uh, and I've thought about it before, but it really kind of hit me more and more and more as I read it, as I read through this, this, this time through. Thinking in a certain way. And of course, it has my very favorite line. 
whatever the heck it is, I'm pretty sure that's in this chapter, right? My all-time favorite sentence from this book. Yeah, here it is. To think what you want to think. No, to think what you want to think is to think truth regardless of appearances. Yeah. That's it. That's my new mon- that's my new life mantra. Thinking truth regardless of appearances. That's absolutely my new mantra for life. Two paragraphs later, I think this is why it doesn't happen. What we were talking about before, there is there is no labor from which most people shrink as they do from that of sustained and consecutive thought. It is the hardest work in the world. Well, it says it right there. Why doesn't it happen? It's the hardest work in the world. This is especially true when the truth is contrary to appearances. Every appearance in the visible world tends to produce a corresponding form in the mind which observes it, and this can only be prevented by holding the thought of the truth. That paragraph right there, that's, that's the doozer. You know what I wondered, Amanda, maybe you, you maybe you know the what is it what is it, the etymology of words or I, I don't know. But since this book was written in like what, nineteen ten ish, nineteen fifteen ish? The very bottom of page twenty seven in my book it says to think health when surrounded by the appearances of disease or to think riches when in the midst of appearances of poverty requires power. But he who acquires this power becomes a mastermind. He can conquer fate. He can have what he wants. I wonder if this concept of mastermind, you know, that like this group is a mastermind group, right? Mm-hmm. I wonder, I wonder if Wallace Waddles is the one that, that, that put that phrase, that concept, that whatever out into the ethers. I wonder if he was the fundamental agent of that. That word and concept. I've wondered that the last that last two times through this book. Well, who was the other one? Napoleon Hill, the one who's usually given credit for that. Hmm. The thinking and grow and, rich. Yeah, I'll have to go back and. But I don't know about timing. I don't know how close they were. It might have been that situation where they were both pulling it in at the same time. Mhm. Because I think they were both like beginning of the 20th century, right? Yeah. Yeah, maybe it was Carnegie and so he maybe he pulled from that in this. But I the part that I kinda chuckled to myself about is I was talking to a friend who um who had been doing this book as a part of her work where she works. They they go they go through this book like a, a once it's once a year or something. And um 
that all the employees do. How fun would that be? I'm totally doing that when I grow my company. Um, but I, so she had mentioned it, so I went back and started reading this book, which was the thing that prompted me to to invite people to join me in it. And when I when I came up with that when I came up with the idea, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out to people. I just like the hit was I'm just gonna you know I was like, well, it'll just be like a mastermind group or something. And it wasn't until we went through this book last time that I was like. Well, I'll be dipped. I came up with the phrase mastermind because I read it in the doggone book, like calling it that as opposed to calling it a book study or something else. Because, um, you know, I've not generally used the phrase mastermind for, for stuff that I've done in the past. And so I had a good chuckle to myself that, you know, I'm pretty sure Wallace was speaking to me right through the pages. Honey, start a mastermind. <laughs> That's awesome. So, I don't know. I think this book explains, you know, part of what, you know, I don't know if you're still on, Shell, but part of what you were referring to with the sticking with it part is, I think the book talks about it right here, you know. It's because it's the hardest thing in the world to do. So, you know, for me, that I can let myself off the, like, okay, I can let myself off the hook that I've had ebbs and flows with it because it's the hardest thing in the world to do. So, I'm doing something that's the hardest thing in the world to do, and I'm keeping coming back to it. Mm. You know, so perhaps I could focus on the keeping coming back to it part. Well, one more time, I just like love this book. I feel like my little brain just keeps opening further and further and further every time we read things or talk about it. Yep. Anybody have anything else in these two chapters I wanted to chat about? All right. Well, I want to throw a couple things out there to people to see. Um... I um, I changed my phone plan so I can text internationally now without it causing me a grip of money. Um, and I was thinking it might be fun to um, send out I don't know a few a few texts per week or as as it moves me um, of different just phrases or sentences or something that that I read in the book. Um, but I don't want to inundate people's inboxes with things that are not wanted or welcomed or whatever. So I wanted to throw it out to the group because um, I know I've, I think I did that twice this week. And But I wanted to throw it out to the group to see if you guys like that stuff or if you'd rather not get it. Because if you don't rather not get it, I don't want to I don't want to inundate people's inboxes with stuff they don't want. So you guys just kind of. And, you know, you can you can say now or you can think about it and email me, whatever you want to do. But I just wanted to check in with people before I keep doing that. This is Ellen. Uh, I like it. I like it. And I, I actually responded um, to the group. Um, what I think I'll do next time is just respond only to you. 
and that'll keep down um, the chatter. I mean, I, I mean, which I mean, I I, it, I actually made a new friend, um, someone named Therese. You must know Therese. Me, Cheryl. Yes. From down there. Um, where is she from? She's in. No, she's in Canada somewhere. She wrote me back, and she goes. Oh yes, that's, that's yes. She's up here. Yeah. <laughs> she said, "How did you get my number?" And we had a nice little conversation. I said, "Oh, I'm part <laughs> of the group," and and so it was kind of funny because and I got that after I responded. <clears throat> excuse me, after I got after I responded to your text. But oh, what for I the realized, re- yeah, yeah. Uh, what I realized is if you send out a text or a, yeah, if you send out a quote and I respond. It, it may go to the other members it, who are on the list. Yeah, it and does. That, that it can does, be annoying yeah. to some people. So I, what I decided is um, I'll just respond to you. Okay. But I, for one, love it. Okay, cool. The rest of y'all can let me know. Okay. Um, and then the other thing that I wanted to throw out there to people was um, that I, I don't think I talked about this last week, but the, there are four chapters that um, that somebody else that teaches this suggests they listen to. And so I took the suggestion and I have been listening to them. Um, so today I finished my 90 days from that, from our first round of listening to them every day for 90 days without missing a day. So now I'm starting my next, yay. And so now I'm starting my next uh, 90 days today um, or tomorrow, I guess. But the four chapters, I'm going to give you the titles because the numbers don't sync up across the books. So the chapters that it's suggested to listen to every day for 90 days without missing a day is the, um, the chapter titled The First Principle in the Science of Getting Rich and then the Gratitude Chapter. Um, acting in a certain way and the impression of increase. And I will send those in an email as a follow-up, but I'm just throwing it out there for for folks. Um, if you wanted to listen to them, if you wanted to join me in the 90 days or read them, you don't have to listen, you can read them. The listening is an easier thing for me. I'm, I can be more um, consistent if I listen to it um, than and the reading of it part. So anybody who wants to join. And then I'm also working on my my um, the booklet, that uh, that really cool booklet that Alan put together uh, for us with the, um, you know, looking at our, our circumstances like finances and relationships and spiritual life and living environment and all of that. And wow, have things changed for me between last session and like, as it stands today. So, financial life, completely different. Living environment, well, currently I'm hanging out in another country, but um, even even on the home front, you know, move, I'm actually moving and um, a bunch of stuff is changing for me in both of my, both aspects of my business, which is exciting. I have some exciting things happening on that, on that front. Um, exciting and a little scary, but exciting. Um, and 
Yeah. So that I I am profoundly grateful for all the changes that have happened. So I'm excited to see what happens this next 12 weeks through. So, and I'm working on something with my coach, Amanda, um, which I'm, I am going to iron out some details and I might have an opportunity for anybody who's local and wants to come for a ride with me at the racetrack in my race car. Um, there might be an opportunity for you guys to do that the first weekend in November. So um, I think almost no matter what else, I'm going to be home and I'm going to go racing the first weekend in November in Fontana. So um, one way or another, I'm going to be in my car racing in Fontana in the beginning of November. So <clears throat> if anybody wants to come for a ride, it's low speed. It's not the high speed stuff. So it's very, very safe, but it's also fun. <laughs> It is. It's it's really safe. It's not the it's not the 150 mile an hour stuff. So it feels like it. It feels like it, but it isn't. Um, so anybody who wants to come and see what it's like and have some fun and feel like you're going Mach 10 with your hair on fire, I want to invite you to do so. So it'll be a a good time. So thank you. There you go. Mhm. So <clears throat> does anybody have anything else? All right. All right, then I will talk to you guys next week, and I'm sure I'll talk to all of you in between. All right. Sounds good. Great Great call. Okay. Have a good week. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.